A man become preeminent, he is expected to have enthusiasms. 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 What am I? What draws my admiration? What is that which gives me joy? Baseball. Alrighty, folks, welcome back to the Pull Hitter Podcast. This is Rob D, the dead Pull Hitter. Joined today by my man, Todd Whitestone, covering the main event overall finish on PullHitter.com. Todd's been writing weekly articles summing up the fab trend as well as the overall standings. And he has his last article where he discusses how it ended. And um, we get into some of the better fab pickups of the season. And yeah, we just discussed how our season ended and um, fun stuff like that. So cool listen. We wrap it up our little weekly pod um, during the off season. You'll be hearing me doing some ADP review, which is uh, I'll be going back into, um, I don't know if I'm going to do it by format yet or just in general, but maybe highlight, maybe we'll do it by format, start off with some draft champion, just looking back and see where um, value came from just pockets of ADP, you know, maybe like 500 to 750, you know, just looking to see maybe if we could find any trends on which positions gave you anything later on in the drafts and early on in the draft. So we'll just, uh, try to cover some different gaps of ADP and what was available, what was there, what ended up being the best way to go, stuff like that. And then get right into previewing 2023 as well um as well as i may even just highlight a couple of uh my personal teams and just do like a quick little uh blast of information in terms of what i was trying to do what i did wrong um maybe analyzing the fab that i did in the league and uh what stat categories i failed to um, accumulate stats in and why maybe it went that way was it a a bad Team composition, was it the wrong spots in the draft to get specific stats? Things like that. I don't know. But tune in. We're not going anywhere this offseason. Um, definitely be coming at you with some with some good stuff. Uh, great guest. Looking back, looking forward, all that good stuff. So enjoy this episode with Todd. Thanks. All right. Welcome to the Poe Hitter Podcast. My name is Rob DiPietro, the dead Poe Hitter. Fantasy baseball season is over unless you are about to play in some playoff leagues, which is available on plenty of formats, and it's also fun. Um, But today, I'm here with Todd Whitestone, and we are about to go through the last main event fab rundown, and some of the players we thought throughout the year did a good job of um, giving their uh, managers a great ad during the year and their holding power throughout the season or if it was just a great two or three week kind of guy and we'll talk about the overall winners in the NFBC in the main event and Todd on poolhitter.com wrote a great article summarizing all this stuff 
And he's here with me now, Mr. Todd Whitestone. What's up, buddy? Please tell me you ended up cashing in every single league. <laughs> I can't tell you that unless I'm going to lie, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I don't intend to do that. Uh, I was in 10 NFBC leagues. Um, nine of them were with, uh, you know, with money on the line and, uh, and well, TGFBI was in two, two. So maybe like, maybe like eight of them and two of them, I did cash. Uh, uh, we, we got second place in the main event behind Mark Srebro. Uh, we just barely got it on the last day. We were third. And so that was really nice to move up one spot. And then, uh, in our online, we were second also, and we lost by a half point. Um, we just couldn't quite get the one run scored or the one win uh, that would have been needed. So uh, still got some money for it, but uh, we did not uh, do it. And those are the two I cashed in. Um, the other six that were worth money, uh, unfortunately, it was strewn out among uh, non-cashing positions. Um, so it was, it was okay. It wasn't a, a wipeout, but uh, it was certainly couldn't have could have been better. That's my uh, two cents. Yeah, yeah. It, I feel like it could it could always be better, you know. But I, <laughs> I mean, it's good that you. Um, that's a nice little uh, last day bonus climbing into right. the top three. Did you? Yes. Was there a specific, um, you know, play that swung it? Was there a specific player um, that? added the stat that made that happen it wasn't wasn't one thing our, our opponent lost a half point or something and we were we were like gaining a, a point here or there i forget exactly why he had he had gone heavy for starting pitchers um the guy that ended up in third and he was just banking on getting wins and k's and eventually we were able to pass him in k's even despite his uh, approach but he was ahead for uh, up to the last day, but we were able to catch him. So that, I think that was the key probably. Um, but, uh, but Srebro was too good. He, uh, he, he surged ahead. We were kind of ahead uh, with three or four weeks to go and he just surged at the last four weeks and it was just kind of nothing we could do to catch him. So he tipped my hat to uh, Mark and uh, try to get him next year, but uh, it was a good season. It was, it was fun. It was in, totally engaging. And uh, in, in your mains, I know because I'm writing the article, I know you finished second and third uh, in two mains, which is no no small accomplishment. That's pretty good. Nah, um, you know, I mean, uh, you, you, I know you want to win all leagues you enter, Rob, but um, it's still uh, to be cashing in, in the two mains that you put in, I still think is, uh, is good because I know the competition and the competition is tough. It's not, uh, you don't have like, 14 other guys that aren't paying attention here. Yeah. I know. It's just disappointing. I mean, I definitely wanted to win main event, not come in mm -hmm. second and third. Um, I had a great battle, too, with Bradley Libros in right. my second main event. We literally... Oh, man. It, it, you know, it's one thing when, you, when you're looking at points that can swing up and down and yes. the opponents that you have to move past and usually it's like a combination of all the teams in the league right right um uh, but in this league strikeouts um ERA and whip um me and Bradley were <laughs> very close in yeah. 
in both in in all those categories as well as um RBIs. So whenever the points swung in those categories, it affected both of us who we were both fighting for second and third. So yeah, yeah, um, yeah. he ended I thought up it was at, gonna be a tie. I thought it was gonna be a tie that you guys were gonna just split second and third money. Uh, it was it was a tie until Framberg got um, one of the gentlemen in our uh, league a win, and he went from eighty three wins to eighty four wins and tied me, I got and you. that's how I lost a half a point. And yeah. that's the difference between Framberg Valdez, yes, going five innings, and Corbin Burns going three innings, and that's the difference between losing organizations like the Brewers who suck, and winning <laughs> organizations like the Astros who breed men todd who pitch five innings i mean the guy's going to the playoff too and they didn't even try to protect his arm right, corbin right, burns right. i mean i feel like he looks like a guy who wants to fucking go complete game every game so i'm right. putting this on the brewers and their whole outlook into what not getting you. him hurt for next year and i know listen obviously this wasn't the only win i probably um failed to get i know this there was a lot of baseball that you know sure it doesn't fall on Corbin Burns, but I'm putting it on the Brewers. Uh, horrible, horrible. Three innings on the last day. This guy's a competitor. He wants to close out the season, right, make his yeah, case for you know backup Cy Young, like even better. Yeah, yeah I mean, just, if he if he's showing signs of being injured, of course, take him out. You know, but yeah, he certainly five innings is not stressing him unnecessarily. And Absolutely. Uh, I, I think that they could have done that. I mean, now that you mention it. In our online, when we finished second by half point, uh, it wasn't our competitor that had Valdez, but it was another team that ended up tying us again in wins that cost us a half point or something, or maybe it was a full point because he there was like a four-way tie for wins. So it was ironically the same pitcher. And he was one of the few sort of top-tier pitchers going Wednesday that really uh, sort of shoved. Um and so the guys that had him, you know, clipped up by a win and that in, in our cases, in those two leagues, that was uh, unfortunately hurt us. Um, yep. So, uh, but, you know, I, I, the Brewers, I mean, what a sad story. I mean, I thought at the beginning of the year, Rob, I thought they were going to win the Central. I mean, yeah, I, I mean, and another thing about that game, too, is actually Bradley um, – we both had Merrill Kelly and uh-huh. they were pitching against each other, him and Burns. So my guy, his guy, um, like I said, the ERA was just super duper close. It was ended up right. at 3.186 to 3.2. Uh, but that game could have, you know, swung a little bit um, in the case. It's, anyway, but that I realized, uh, I mean, over the course of the year, I've seen it, but that Brewer offense is just very they disappointing. Bad. They were bad. I feel like they're so platoon, you know, to now where it's just, I don't know if those guys are getting the right. I mean, those guys need some repetition. They can't be playing half games every single week. I, I don't feel like I you get know. into a group uh, that way. Because they, they start off with Urias, like, you know, sitting versus yeah. righty. They have Jake Peterson. As soon as the, yeah. the other team switches their pitcher, the other guy comes in. and Right. Right. I don't know if that's a way to play. I mean, uh, they have some good guys I still consider good hitters. But, I mean, Yelich, for example, three years ago, I thought he was going to be like, you know, perennial top two-round fantasy guy. And he's really not. Yep. And uh, 
but uh, I do like, I had Rowdy Telez in a bunch of leagues and he, he did very well for where I drafted him. He, he had quite a number of homers. I forget the exact number. Um, and uh, Hunter Renfro was good in large measure this year. And even Colton Wong, if you look at his st stats, Rob, he was productive. And so was Willie Adamas was one of the uh, steals of the draft, really. Um, so if you go around, I mean, they, they had guys in there. It's just that they just never seemed to put it together. Um, yep. I mean, Woodruff was okay, right? Woodruff pitched well for, for the most part. Yep, and uh, I think he season. I think he got a lot better, you know, as the season progressed. Um, yeah, yeah. I guess the you know, um, Peralta I think was a little yeah, bit inconsistent. He got hurt. hurt. Um, Ashby definitely didn't become the guy right. they that, that hurt wanted him too. to be. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that hurt me. I was uh, I was invested heavily in Ashby, but um, yeah, and and then trading Hater. I mean, I did. I don't I think it's a little overblown, but I, I'm not sure it was a good strategic move because that was their real strength. There was their bullpen. And why do you why do you make one of your strengths into sort of an average situation? I don't understand that. Right. Um, so I don't know. I mean, uh, but yes, I, I agree with you. It was kind of disappointing. But these are you're always going to have these swings at the last couple of days i know it, but it's it's just you know it's tough because you know obviously i even saved save save some money in fab too uh yep. you know to you know to try to plan for things but still um you know when you i think i pretty much filled out all my starters i had you know eight or nine starts so nice, it was just nice. it was just a fact of burns you know it's just disappointing on the last day when you know i mean yeah. uh you know you always hear to end your head-to-head -head league early, but it's like, why not just end Roto early, too, if yeah. it's just going to be a bunch of three-inning stints by starting pitchers, you know? Well, it doesn't always have to be, but that Wednesday, surprisingly, there was no playoff positions at stake, right? Uh, all the playoff positions had been decided, and so that was unusual. I mean, if you, you and I... I don't think we asked this question, but a week earlier, we would have said there's going to be a couple or three things in play on the last day. It was just too close to think that that wasn't going to happen. Um, but now everything was set. The, the AL wild cards were very tight for a long time and they were, they were set four five and six were all separated and they were, they knew where they were going to go. Yep. Absolutely. It's uh it's it's a little disappointing not having that that last day um fever, yeah, you know, that we yeah, normally yeah. tend to get. I guess maybe it it just I don't know, it's probably more of coincidence than a byproduct of the new playoff system. I know? think so because yeah. there's more teams involved in the playoff uh races. There's six in each league, so you would think that odds are that there's going to be more drama on the last day. Yep. Absolutely agree. Um, yeah. Had, um, yeah, so it was just, it was tough. It was tough watching the standings in that league. Yeah, <laughs> it's, just, it's painful. It's painful. It's painful. painful. Uh, on the last day, though, I did move up in the overall, in the online. I moved up. Um, okay, okay. From 20th to 15th. Nice. Um, yeah, yeah. I had a nice swing. I, I almost bumped up in one more spot, too. And, uh, which would have been cool. So, I mean, top 15 in the online championships. Really so I actually had, out of my three online championship teams, um, 
I came in first and second in at-bat um, with two of my teams and sixth with my third team. So uh, wow. pretty crazy. I, wow. I wasn't even trying to do that either, honestly. It's just uh, – it's just pretty interesting how that happened. Um, okay, okay. But I'm proud of that. I'm proud of that. It's usually yeah. Jeff Zimmerman, Steve Weimer. I know Steve didn't play online championship, but I think he actually won, um, again, uh, most plate appearances. He had last year, too, in a main event, and he got it again this year. Um, but, yeah, so the online championship, it's crazy because I was like, man, you know, it was 15th overall, 24. 388 teams right yeah yeah and for coming 15th overall you get a couple hundred bucks more than when you come in second in a league and oh. i was just like oh man that's that's yeah. not cool you know i really I mean, even even the main event if you look at the prize structure rob i mean um w- once you get down to 10th through 20th it's not a huge pot uh they 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 do skew it heavily towards the number one uh, finisher, which, I mean, everybody likes that idea because it, you know, makes that much bigger. But, you know, you look at like 20th place in the main event overall, wouldn't you say, well, geez, that's, that's a pretty good accomplishment. That should be worth a lot. And I, free, I, I don't have the price structure in front of me, but it's not a huge amount. Um, and uh, I, I just wonder... I mean, I think they feel like it attracts more entries to have the big first place prize than it would be to be more even. I understand that. Okay, no, I get that. It's marketing, it's business. I 100% get that part of it. But I've heard people tell me like, you know, well, if they go from 150 to 120, they'll get less entries. I'm like, sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah that's sure. True. Whatever you say, yeah, no, buddy. I don't think so. <laughs> Nobody's well, going to play now because it's only 120 if you win. Yeah, Come yeah, on. Yeah. That's no, a, I, I don't, I don't agree I with that. And I just, just think like if you could take some off that top and spread it out because, um, yeah, 15th overall out of 2,400 people, I think it's pretty good. I think it deserves a little more. Um, even the same thing for like draft champions, you know, when you're top 20, um, out of 4,000 people, no more than that, 4,600 teams. Um, yeah, you need a little more than that. Like, I just feel like, um, I, I went from like 40th to 15th. I like grinded my butt off to like get up that much. And I'm like, right, oh. right, right, right. At this point, I'm just asking myself, I don't know if it was even worth that extra work. Because uh, no one's going to fucking remember anyway that I came in 15th. Um, <laughs> well, you'll remember. So you'll remember. It's like, uh, but I don't know. You know, I know they, they do a great job, those guys. Oh, Greg, it's great. Tom, it's great. Eric, I'm not putting it, you know, I'm not complaining at all. At all. But I just looked I just, it up. I just want to tell you what it is, though. Uh, actually, the top 25 get paid in the main event this is. So the 25th place guy gets $1,800. So uh, that's sort of getting an additional entry feedback. If you yeah, know, yeah. Okay, 25th. that's cool. Yeah. Uh, 20th, which is what we were talking about, is 2300 So now you're getting a little, you know, a couple hundred more. If you get all the way up to 10th, it's 8000 So that's pretty good. That's pretty good, I would say. And fifth place would be twenty thousand. So the ten thousand and up group is is eighth on up is the top eight guys. Um, but the second place is forty, and first place is one seventy five. There's a huge difference between those two, obviously. Yeah, um, I just so, I just think that they weren't they won't harm 
the entries. Yeah, um, yeah that's right. I think they're they're only getting more and more popular. The NFBC. Um, you, you could tell by the overalls. The overalls are getting bigger and bigger. There's more yeah, contestants. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think that, you know, I think think it it would be better to start, you know, throwing a little more love to that top 20 top 30 ish because it's it's impressive and i think it should be you know um, yeah viewed well, as it definitely such, is an accomplishment you know? whether no matter how much money you get but um, right 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 yeah um but, but, but yeah i agree with you i would i would rather see a little more flattened out um rather than 175 to 40 i think that's a and that it could be one point rob <laughs> and uh, the guy gets forty thousand. you know that's it's rough. It wasn't one point this year, but anyway. Um, yeah. I just had a lot of um decisions I made, lineup decisions that I made that came back to kind of haunt me. Um, you know, especially in that one main, I was I had so many guys screaming up behind me in case. So I wanted to make sure I had enough uh you know, starters and I had money. I even did like kind of block moves on Fab where I streamed a couple of pictures that I ended up using one. Um, but one was mostly to keep it out of everybody else's hands. Um, yep. I kind of just didn't mind to pick up some players, um, and then see who everyone was kind of adding and starting to, and then I projected out their starters to my starters and kind of see if, you know, I needed to get, you know, nine starts or eight starts. And, um, if yeah. I needed to hold on to a save guy, just in case. Yeah. Um, and so actually, yeah, so one of my moves was actually a, a block move at the end. And I just, mm-hmm. in the end too, I probably would have gotten the half point I needed and maybe even a full point if I did not start one of those uh, strikeout guys. Um, okay. If I wouldn't have started Daniel Lynch, for example, I still would have held on to K's uh-huh, uh-huh. by about eight and, you know, stayed a point. But I would have put in low Isaga instead, and I would have the gotten, ERA I would have, yeah, the ERA and WHIP. I probably would have got a, a point total, maybe even, you know, two. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was just my fault. I made the wrong choice, you know. Well, so but I mean, that's what makes it disappointing. That that was the one strikeout guy not to start. I mean, you were starting a bunch of strikeout guys. I know. So, I you know. know, it's like hindsight can tell you that Lynch was the wrong choice, but. And actually, it probably would have been a little closer, but I think um, Katsurumpus behind me or another team, um, uh, the Vegas Vandals, who uh, – forget the guy's name in that league. Let me look it up real quick. But I um, I believe they actually lost a start during the week. So it might have been even closer. I might have yeah. even lost that strikeout point um, if you know they would have had all their starters. But Corbin Burns just pitched. Couple more in. <laughs> Here we go back to Corbin Burns. And now I just have this bias against Corbin Burns. I already had one because uh, I already like knew it was probably going to be one of my fades for next year. But now I'm okay. just like, he left a bitter taste in my mouth. Now Again, I know it's not it, his yeah. fault. I'm pretty positive uh, it's, it's the Brewers, but it's not his fault. So uh, uh, just take a hitter, take the two, two, two hitters in the first two rounds. You. And Ooh. you won't have to worry about about Burns at all. Oh, interesting, interesting. <laughs> That's my <laughs> suggestion for you. Uh, so, um, but other than that, um, 
Yeah, two online championships that I came in first in, they were pretty much in the bag um, early, so didn't have to work, sweat that out there. On my third OC right. was the team, I think I mentioned to you that I had like 36 points at the end of May, right. um, and I was in last. I made it all the way up to third, gave the second okay. place guy a sweat, I think, for a couple of days, but good, um, good. ended up not cashing there. And my online um, auction league, I won held off Winokur and uh, Tom Alonia. Nice. Um, yeah, they made some last last season surge, late season surges, so I was able to hold them off. And um, yeah, overall, um, good. It was a good. You know, I think you. Uh, I think you did better than you did, but maybe in a couple of weeks you'll feel better about the whole. Season. I think so. I mean, I had seven seven first place finishes out of twenty four wow. weeks. That's really um, good. That's better than you, buddy. Placed in um, thirteen out of twenty-four, but okay. the teams, though, the, the teams that say <laughs> twelve and thirteen next to it are the ones that are just driving a dagger into me. It's like, how did I do so bad in these teams? But um, again, I think it's just this one league, though. If I were to pull off this half a point or even split second, if I were to tie Bradley for second, I think I would. Yeah, you would feel. Much I think better. my mood would have been a whole lot different. Yeah, sure, so, sure, sure. Um, but again, I guess um, some perspective. Um, maybe I'll get over it. Is warranted. Some perspective yeah, is warranted. Yeah, but congrats, obviously, to uh, our main overall winner, Bob Cramitola. You yes. Know, yes. He had a hell of a year, and he held off. Um, Got Jen's dad and Steve Weimer and Ben Tid to uh yeah, yep. to take it home. Yep. And yep, um, before job. we get into your article that talks a little bit more about it, congrats to um Andrew Geller, the guilds too, uh-huh. on the online championship. Yep. Um Griffin Benger had two teams uh that were like first and second, second and third for a lot of the season. Um he ended up fifth and seventh overall, also mm-hmm. really good. Uh, but Andrew took it home. Um, Kyle Brinkman came in second, John Posma, third place. Um, so yeah, cheers to those guys as well. Yep. Um, and in the draft champions, um, uh, Mr. Steve Mayer, Steve Meyer, I don't know how to pronounce the last name, um, held off our friend Michael Mager, uh, by seven okay. points to win okay. the overall there. So, um, a lot of great yeah. performances. Yep. 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 So congrats to everyone. And, yep. uh, Michael Richards, my friend, um, dynasty guy that won TGFBI. Yes, uh, he's a good, he's a good friend of mine. I got to know Mike uh, personally too. Not even talking about fantasy, uh, uh-huh. and he's good, good people, and um, I'm happy for him. He worked really hard to, to uh, hold off, uh, you know, known veterans like uh, Dylan White and Jeff Jeff Zimmerman and Vlad. Uh, right. So. Cheers yeah, to that. I think it's back job. to back years now that um some some prospect evaluators have won TGFBI. <laughs> and so it's uh I wish them well. I wish they would get involved in the main event. I think that um they both said that if they had the funds, they would get involved with. Right. They want to test their metal there. So that just had me thinking too. If I if if Justin Mason is listening, I think that he should make it you know maybe make the overall product in tgfbi a uh a main event ticket you know like because uh-huh, uh-huh. uh i think what they're trying to do with tgfbi is you know give people a chance to play in a league but give you know and test their overall skills versus other analysts and players but sure i feel like give 
give them a chance at some life-changing money too, you know? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And I just feel like hearing that from the past two winners, you know, I think they had what something like almost 500 competitors this year. So if anyone, yes, if everyone right. paid like 25 bucks to get into TGFBI draft, that can go toward, you know, that main event ticket. And, you know, Justin's good at raising money and I think he probably could just get the rest, you know, get everyone else to match it and, and, and give the winner a, a chance, you know, to, yeah. um, yeah, to I think uh, it's a put good their, idea. yeah, you know, to put their medal up in, in the main event. And I think it's good. I think it'll be even, it'll show even more seriousness into that type of event. Cause I know it's gotten a lot of uh, slack for being, you know, a lot of people not really paying attention or trying too hard. So I think yeah. that would, I think that would make a lot, more people try harder when they can yeah, flip maybe. it into what will now be what two hundred thousand dollars this year to the overall winner. Yeah. You know, yeah. I think that's what they're gonna make this year's prize for the main yeah, event. Wow. So wow. you know, that's 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 really giving someone a chance to sure, you know, to do I think it'll just great. make yeah. people try harder. Cause that's well, what we I, I was in uh TGFBI for the first time this year and uh uh, my league was pretty good about people participating. Actually, that's good. Uh, it was what you want, uh, you know. That's, yeah, yeah. You don't you don't want people dropping off. And I was in uh, with the Toby Batflip Crazy, and he won the league by one point. Um, so it was kind of exciting. I was fourth, which was pretty good, but I wasn't really threatening for to win. Um, but uh, yeah, I think it's a great contest, and I think people you know should pay attention if they don't. If there's some leagues where they don't, but um, I think it's uh, it's it's not it's not that easy that oh you just can uh, throw your hat in a ring and just win a league. It's certainly not like that at all. No, no, no. I just think that it's it just gets especially the overall. So especially the overall, it gets tilted to if your league is right because even even in a general league even in one league the more inactivity leads to like the more imbalance throughout the league because well yeah i mean that just... happens in the main event too though i mean it's not just it's not just in a tgfbi rob no i, mean, I know i know that but okay. it happens in lots of leagues but it happens a lot less i mean i would yeah. have to just from personal experience i'm not this is not just guesstimating um i've seen it firsthand you know um yeah he's obviously you know we know there's a guy in my league who's spent two dollars um this whole main <laughs> event season you know so yeah right, right i mean i get it but um i think for what they're trying to go for the overall thing is is you know uh when you have analysts that you follow or you have on you know and and they're going through their trying to sell their product and their brand mm -hmm, and everything. Mm -hmm. And you get into a draft and they auto pick every pick and then oh, they don't yeah. make a fab move. That's embarrassing. That's, that's, that's embarrassing. Right. I'm sorry to right. say that, but that's embarrassing because now you're, you're like, this is your job. People either pay money to follow your content and you're just like, that's just a bad, you're not some random dude with a lot of money who gets into a main event and then just, Aside, ah, eh, fuck it. I'm not going to do this anymore. Right. You know, right. it's a big difference. Like this is something that you're supposed to be taking pride in because this is what you do either for right. a living or for side or whatever, for fun. Like it just makes it less believable that you really <laughs> know what you're talking about. If you right. just, if you don't care, if you don't care. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah, even just... if people are not paying money, but they're paying their attention, that's worth something as well. So, I mean, yes. you gotta, 
at least uh, put the effort in. I think that's, I put the effort in, in all my leagues, even the ones I was uh, stinking, you know, but. Yeah. Um, Cause I, I feel like you learn a lot from those leagues. Yeah. Uh, the leagues I move up from like 12th to third or eighth to fourth, whatever it right. is. Um, you learn, you learn yeah, from definitely. those leagues. Um, you get a good frame of reference of what's that you may be able to, uh, you know, swing easier. Like, oh, you know, um, whip is not out of question. It, I did this last year or, you know, this, uh, I yeah. lost point, you know, point two whip last year. So I know like this could happen in a eight week yeah. span, just having that frame of reference of knowing, uh, you know, how that happens and if that could happen, it's, it's, it's good. It's good for your experience, you know? Yep. Yeah, I agree. So, um, but yeah, so congrats to everyone who pulled that off and anyone who, who want a home league or any league that they're, you know, that's really strong and, uh, you know, that they care a lot about it's, it's, it's good. That's, uh, that's the whole point. You know, we play to win and have some fun. Um, yep. Yep. Be a little humble when you win. Right. Doesn't hurt. <laughs> Doesn't uh, hurt anyone. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, so Anyway, Todd, let's get into this article. Sure. Let's talk about. Uh, let's talk about it. All right. Well, I I show uh, people if they haven't seen it, uh, it has the uh, wrap up to the season and it shows the main event champions from the beginning, two thousand and four, all the way to Robert Kremitola this year. So if you want to see that list, it's a, a quite a list of fine fantasy players. Um, and then uh, I, I did go through and spend the time to go through uh, Bob's draft. And uh, as Rob and I have talked over the past weeks, in fantasy baseball, you don't need the killer number one pick in order to do well. And uh, Luis Robert, I know really well because I had drafted him on like four teams. Um, he was not a big asset. And um, Bob drafted him in this team number one in his, uh, from the 13 number 13 slot and uh he didn't help him that much i don't i don't think because he didn't help anybody that much so he started out with a little <laughs> bit of a of a sort of a, a weakness and then he went brandon woodruff and aaron nola who were obviously really good for most of the year so that gave him a really strong pitching uh setup and then nick castellanos i don't know what you think rob but I, he was the fourth pick, and I don't think he was a killer pick either. He didn't really hit the home runs that I think I expected. Um, and he was maybe he wasn't horrendous, but he wasn't a big asset. Right. Did you agree with that? So so there you yeah. are. And, and Robert. You know what, Robert, too, real quick, Todd. I think with yeah, Robert, yeah, it's like, yeah, he didn't. I'm totally done with him, too. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> My bias with him is is has has reached the limit to where I can't reel back in. I okay. just okay. I I'm out. The guy is, you know, soft as a pop tart in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> he's just he just he's just always hurt. He's worse than Buxton, you know. Like he's just it's just I don't know. I hope because it's the skills are tantalizing. Right. Uh, I really hope he gets a chance to fully display it. But I I was just gonna say though. Um, I think toward the end of the year, well, toward the end of when he was playing was difficult because there was a lot of weeks where I think a lot of people maybe stuck him in the lineup. I know I did in my draft champion that I had him and he ended up not playing a game that, yep, yep. that quarter. So I think that hurts. But for when he played, you know, 380 plate appearances, 
12 homers, 11 stolen bases. I think if you add, you know, if you add a replacement player in there who maybe, yeah. let's just pick, even if you, you know, yeah, you know, we could pick a balanced were, guy, you know, we could pick guy. a balanced guy who did, you know, six and six and say, oh, you got 18 and 17, not yeah, so bad. Or, or if you can say, you know, I actually picked up this guy who got me, you know, 12 homers and you say, okay, I got 24 and 11. There's still, but what he did against, you know, in his, in, in the plate appearances that he had, plus yeah. a replacement player, wasn't terrible because he did so well in those, you know, limited. All right, but know. let me give you the counterpoint, Rob. We get the counterpoint for us is um, there were lots of lineup periods where we didn't know if he was going to play or not. No, no, I know. I said that. I said that's what that's what I'm factoring in. That, but that was at the end of of the season, mostly when. But when he was locked in into the beginning of the year on a plate appearance, he was doing okay then. Per yes, that average, it but was, you didn't it, you didn't get uh, twelve and eleven if if you had him because um, there were periods where you would have benched him. We did. We benched him, and then he actually played a game or two. And so in the beginning of the season. No, no, not in the beginning. Oh, you're saying just no. That's what no. I'm just saying write him that, out of yeah, the lineup. At the end yeah, of, okay. At the, at the end of the season, it was tough. Like his, so in the first half of the year, he had 323 plate appearances for 12 homers and 11 stolen bases. I don't think for once during the first half of the year I thought about benching him. But in the second half of the year, it was difficult. You know, only 19 yeah. games, 78 plate appearances. Yeah, there was weeks where he didn't play after right. they said he might start on Monday, you know, and exactly. on a draft champion when you pretty much it's either like, OK, you're going to throw in uh, Ben Gamble, uh, you know, or, you know, yeah. facing, you know, two lefties. So he might get one start. You're going to play Luis Robert. You're going to play Luis Robert every single time, right, pretty right, much. Right. Um, but. I just think in that first half where there wasn't many questions. Yeah, so um, he he helped a lot there. I agree. I'm with you yeah. on that. I'm with you. Yeah, but yeah, but, but Castellanos I, was 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 not that good. I mean, so um, look at his first five draft picks: Luis Robert, Woodruff, and Nola gave him a nice starting pitcher base. Then he went Castellanos, who was not that great, and then he took Kenley Jansen, who was an, a fine closer. But after five rounds, he's got two starters, a reliever, and two hitters that were below expectations. So you would say, if I just told you that, and I didn't tell you it was Bob's team, you would say this guy probably had some trouble generating offense, right? I mean, with that kind of a start, he went heavy, heavy pitcher. And he, the two first hitters he took didn't pan out really. And then he went on a run where he really did well, six through uh, nine. He got Will Smith, Kyle Schwarber, Alex Bregman, and Dansby Swanson who all really did well. Um, so that was, I think, that sort of brought him back uh, to, to a, a great spot. Um, then he took Michael Kopech and Jake McGee, um, who, Kopech, I don't know what you think. He was okay for part of the year, but he, he wasn't a killer pick either. Jake McGee was a washout, as it turned out. Um, so I'm not so sure at the beginning of this draft is really uh, – shows you why Bob's team was the number one overall team. Do you agree with that? Yes. Okay. I totally, totally agree. Okay. And then I'll just read the, the next guys quickly. Uh, Colton Wong, he was, I think, did well. Uh, Yuli Gurriel, uh, he, had, he generated some good stats from the 13th spot. Jonathan VR was not, not helpful. Tristan McKenzie was a really good pick. 
in number, at the 15th round. And Julio Rodriguez, oh my God, outstanding in the 16th. So this was before it was clear that he was going to start with uh, the Mariners. Um, so those two picks really helped a lot. Um, and then I won't read all the rest of them, but he got Christian Walker in the 21st. And he got uh, David Robertson as the very last pick. And uh, even then, I would say the draft was good for him, but I don't even, I wouldn't even say it was, wow, look at this draft. This is a, you know, if, if you just looked at everybody's draft list, you would not pick this one out and say, this was the guy that really killed it. 100%. 100% but, agree. But then uh, as I, I did show his final roster, which I'll skip over, but I did show one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight picks, uh, pickups from Fab that I thought Bob really supplemented his team out in an outstanding way. Kyle Wright on the 10th of April, Tyler Anderson on the 24th of April, Josh Naylor, 24th of April. Those three guys really were great pickups. Uh, May 8th, Spencer Strider. That was good. And then there were four $1 pickups between late June and mid-August. Nick Fortes, who, you know, I don't think he generated a lot of attention, but he was a good second catcher, I think. Uh, Gene Segura, he got before he returned at $1. Harold Ramirez, $1. And then Manny Margot at $1 before he came back. Mm -hmm. So those were eight really solid pickups that helped his team. And especially the right Anderson and Naylor, those, those guys really set him up for success. Um, and uh, when you add those eight guys in, I think he, then he has a really uh, much more impressive roster. Yep. I would definitely agree with that. Uh, you know, Strider, Strider and Wright are, are just going to move the needle for you if you hit on both. So that's, yeah. um that's yeah. huge. And, you know, Tyler Anderson is no slouch either. Uh, yeah. <laughs> he, Great ratios and a whole bunch of wins, and um, that's yeah. that's big. I mean, his his pitching, you know, Nola Strider, Wright, Anderson, McKenzie, Woodruff. I mean, that's that's six starters, Rob. They're just really great. Hundred um, percent. Yep. And then he had Kenley Jansen, sort of solidifying his bullpen, and then he mixed and matched with Taylor Rogers, David Robertson, some other guys. So the pitching was really good, and then he had. He had Julio and he had, uh, you know, Dansby and Colton Wong and a few other guys contributing. And uh, maybe it wasn't quite as impressive. Josh Naylor was good all year. Um, Christian Walker, Alex Bregman. Yeah, Christian Walker, great, great. Yeah, that was, that was, you, you'll see Walker on a lot of top teams this year because he was available late and he just really shoved as far as I was concerned. Yeah, if, if he was your late power source that you took a stab on, and you know yeah. that's a hit. Um, just like last year, he was, he, you know, he sunk a lot of guys. Um, right, because last I year think, I good. think, yeah, yeah, I think, I think he was a big, you know, popular pick last year that didn't work out, and I think that um, that's why he that kept a, a lot man. of guys away. Yeah. yeah, and um, you know, pushed his price down, and yeah, he was a great, he's a great power source it's like um the year i mean i think he ended up working his average out um i think it was climbing all year but i was gonna say it's like anyone who landed an adam duvall you know like last year 
We just right. ended up getting all that power and RBIs. Um, he he ended up at two forty two, which uh, was is is pretty good because I know I think to start the season, his first half of the season, he was at two hundred four. So the second half of the season, he had two eighty five, yeah. um, and two hundred ninety seven plate appearances, two eighty five, fourteen home runs. So um, good, and that's a nice, young, exciting team. Um, he is. Uh, let's see. Signed for this year, free agent twenty twenty five. So he's arbitration eligible at thirty one years old. Interesting to see how much he gets. But if he stays with that team, um, I mean, if the if they keep if those young kids keep improving, that's a you know that's a pretty he's gonna yeah. be a popular pick, I think. In that, probably yeah, I'm guessing. Go... Yeah, hundred and fifty range, maybe. Yeah, uh, he'll be he'll be solidly picked. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I agree. And he had Schwarber, I think I mentioned it, but he had Schwarber who really solid, gave him, you know, 46 homers or something. So, I yeah. mean, that really uh, was helpful for his um, power numbers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what a monster mm-hmm. year from, uh, from Schwarber mixed in with some steals as well. So Yeah, I know. That was amazing. Yep, um, yep. So, I mean, congrats to Bob. He did a great job. Uh you know, Stephen Weimer finished second, and that the the thing I put in the article, which was amazing, was Steve actually beat him in the league. Isn't that I crazy? Think, I think that's the first time it's ever happened. Is the overall main event winner did not win the league he was in. Yep. Um, yep. So uh, amazing that's job by Steve. Yeah. Really, really something else. Because do you remember when I asked him that on the podcast? Yes. Yes. <laughs> I asked him if he was worried about the league, and he said, "Not at all." <laughs> Well, and it's mean, just so crazy. Oh man, it's just I can't given believe the numbers, that. Given the numbers, probably he he traded in an instant, but but still, Steve finishing second and winning the league is quite an accomplishment. Um, oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, and then our boy Ben Tid, he was third overall. Great job by Ben. Um, he there were there were five uh, teams in the main that f- had six no six teams sorry that finished in six thousand points or higher. And uh, Steve Weimer had two of them. Uh, it was Bob Kremitola, Steve Weimer with two. Ben Tid, Scott Genstad was fourth. Did a great job this year. Steven Japinka, former main event champion, was fifth. And Steve Weimer again in sixth. So there were six teams up there. They were outstanding. Um, and then, um, I mean, I, I won't read the whole list off, but the, all the all 20 of these guys did a great job and uh, deserve praise for their finish. Yeah, absolutely. Hell of a, hell of a season. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I listed the uh, each main event winner because I just feel like winning a main event is just something to, uh, to really take note of. And there were three leagues, Rob, where the in the last week, uh, the first place position changed hands. Wow. Uh, uh, Griffin Benger was one of those that uh, that took over first. Abdul Madani, who was a former main event champion overall, uh, was another that uh, took over. And then Jeff Mitseff, an excellent player as well, uh, came from second place to first in the last week. So out of 47 leagues, three of them were won in the last week. Um, and that doesn't count the ones that uh, somebody held on, but they held on just barely, um, which there were a number of those as well. Um, right. 
but uh, a great season. Uh, I listed the shout outs at the bottom of the article, people that cashed in two or more leagues uh, for the main event. There were quite a number, including you, Rob, who you were second and third. Um, and uh, there were some notable guys, but Brian Slack and Nicholas Saket, um, they were the tops in this sort of analysis. They had one first, one second, and two thirds in uh, main events this year. So that's just outstanding. Um, and uh, Phil Dassault, two seconds and one third, you could say, well, it's a down year for Phil, but I mean, that's not too shabby. Um, I did try to give him a hard time all year. So hopefully <laughs> I was successful. Yeah, like uh, in doing his that. were still all in the top 100. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's hard to really give him a hard time, but I, I, I did it anyway. Why, why get confused with the facts? You know, I mean, just let's just uh, give people a hard time. You know, that's my. He, he won his most important league, the, uh, the Diamond. Um, yeah, so. That, so I mean, you know. Already, I don't feel yeah. too bad for him, uh, to be honest <laughs> with you. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not sending him a, a, a sorry card or anything like that. Um, <laughs> anyway, anyway, some great players on this list of shout-outs that people can take a look at it uh, when they have time. Um, so yeah, that was. Uh, I enjoyed following the main event. It was great. It's a great competition, and uh, looking forward already to next year. Um, I'm, I think they'll probably exceed the 705 entries they had. Um, probably, they'll probably get up over 800 if if any uh, trend is is continued. Um, that's my guess anyway. Um, yep. But uh, you know, it's it's a it's a great competition and it's it's fun just for the and I think you've mentioned this just for the people that draft live. It's just such a great experience um i encourage anybody to do a live draft even if it's not the main event even if it's just a a smaller um less expensive draft it's just much more fun um so that's uh that's the story and um i thought maybe we could go through um the what we you and i considered some of the mo most impactful pickups and just go through when they were picked up throughout the year rob mm -hmm. Yeah, um, I, I sent you. Uh, so so let me read the names of these guys. I tried to restrict it to guys that were picked up early ish in the season because you could have a great pickup in July, but it just doesn't impact the teams as much if you do that. Um, so the number one guy on my list is Kyle Wright, and he was drafted in. Uh, I'm, yeah, well, let, let's start with him. Twenty six leagues he was drafted in. He was then dropped in the first uh, fab in 10 leagues. Um, but uh, yeah, 10 leagues. And then uh, he was, he was actually got up to 47, all 47 league ownership by April 10th. So two weeks into the season. And then he was obviously owned 100% after that. So your opportunity to get him was early. And that's when Bob Kremitola and a number of other great players got him. Um, but he was a big plus for people that um, managed to add him in that first or second period. Yeah, and it's um, it's funny because he was he was dropped um, ten times on April third, right? So he was drafted, um, and then is, no, actually, I, right? I I wrote in this chart. I, I'm misreading it. He was drafted in 26. He was added in 10. 
the top line is where he's added and the mm. bottom line has dropped. So 10, but he was still only up to 36 out of 47, even after that April Oh, that's three. right. That's right. And and because I think, you know, he still hadn't started yet. So right. um, probably right. some guy just wanted to get a guy well, on the team that was pitching. It's you know, also, was, I mean, yeah. this is how I went wrong. I mean, myself, it wasn't that I hated Kyle Wright. It's just that you just drafted a team and you, you sort of like the pitchers you ended up with. And I was like, you know do I want to dump one of these pitchers? Well, I didn't really want to, but that was a mistake, obviously. Um, yeah. <laughs> and then uh, the second fab period, he was added in the, in the 11 that he was unowned. And that was the end of it. He was not available anymore. Um, so sometimes it happens that quickly. Um, then there was, uh, let's see, who, who would be a contrasting guy? Spencer Strider. So now he was drafted in zero main event leagues. He was added in one on the first fab. Then he was added in 23 in the next fab. Uh, so he's up to 24 now. Then the next fab, he was added in 11 and dropped in four. Okay. And then the next fab, he was added in seven and dropped in 13. Wow. So now he was still sitting at May 1st, 25 leagues he was owned in. And, and even at the end of my analysis on... May 8th, he was only owned in 28 leagues. And so his his breakout came much later. Um, and, you know, there was a period of time, you remember this, Rob, where he was just coming out of the bullpen and there was no reason to think that he was going to start. Um, so that was a reason that people's, you know, were dumping him here and there uh, throughout the first month or two. Um, yep. So... <clears throat> You just Let can't... me tell you what I was yeah. doing when he was picked up in my league. Okay. <laughs> April 17th, he was scooped up in my first main event. Gentlemen, okay. um, picked him up for John Means. It was yeah. easy peasy. I was. He spent, He went for 11 bucks. Yeah. I was busy spending $33 on Santiago Espanol. Excellent man. job. Excellent job. And 14 bucks <laughs> to a way better pitcher. And Spencer Strider and Spencer Howard. Spencer Howard. What okay. a meatball. Oh, well, man. Spencer, Talk about a meatball a move. Holy a Spencer. Shit. You got the Spencer part right. Yep, I did. I did. <laughs> I did get the Spencer part right, Todd. Yeah, I yeah. mean, you know, I I'm I read the bid list wrong. That's what I did. That's what I'm Yeah, there you go. That's that's a good excuse. That's a good excuse. In fact, uh, now that I'm looking at this list that I created, so it's all on me. There were there are eight names on this list, and there's only one hitter. It's interesting to me. I, I let me read the names off for because people can't see this list. I just want to oh. real quick, um, yes. real quick for Spencer Strider in my other yes. main event. So he was actually picked up in Fab by um, Bob Cantorumpus. Who won the okay. league and was high up in the overall for 37 bucks. Yep. And um runner up of nine. This was on April 10th. Yeah. Right. April 17th, Bob Catarumpus dropped Spencer Strider. The next week after, after spending $37 right, besides exactly. Jorge Lopez for 40 bucks. Great ad in Jorge Lopez. Yes, you know, it was. Yes, it was. Drop Strider. The next week, the next week on April 24th. Good old Rob Silver comes in with a one dollar sneaky Spencer Strider ad dropping Patrick Corbin, and that's uh, just that's just a great 
It's a great move. It's what was move. I doing that week? Let's see. Ready? All right. Let's let's see what probably somebody named Oh Spencer. my gosh. Spencer. You're not even gonna guess. Seventeen dollars. Spencer fucking Howard. Again. Jesus Christ. Again. And then Daniel Lynch, too, for three bucks. Both more important than Spencer Strider. <laughs> oh, hindsight is twenty twenty, Rob. Okay. Yeah. It's it it it's sometimes even twenty fifteen. <laughs> no, you know, 2015 is even, you know, is better vision than 2020. So there I don't you know go, why. There you go. All right, I, I don't you. know why I thought you use more, Todd. You know, I mean, I'd I rather agree. have, uh, yeah. Hindsight, hindsight is 2015. Is yeah, hindsight yes. is definitely better than 2020. So it's, uh... well, anything is better than the year 2020. <laughs> that was like the worst year on record. But anyway, um, <laughs> but the eight names that I created, so this is all Todd's creation. Of, of really good ads early in the season, seven are pitchers and one is a hitter. The only hitter I put on the list is Stephen Kwan, um, which is not true because Taylor Ward could have been in there, I think, now that mm-hmm. I think about it. Um, but, but anyway, the seven pitchers were Kyle Wright, Daniel Bard, who was great all year for saves, David Robertson, who, yes, was drafted to some extent, but uh, he was picked up in a few leagues, Nick Lodolo, who was largely very good uh, as a starter, got lots of strikeouts. Spencer Strider, Tyler Anderson, and then Ryan Helsley, who got you know uh, the closer job eventually. Um, so I don't know if if this was an accurate depiction of Fab. I would say, doesn't this sort of tell you that you can you can draft more hitters and then try to work on fabbing pitchers? Um, a little bit more. I'm not suggesting that you don't uh, try to draft any good pitchers, but it just seems like there's more of an opportunity based on this little list um, to get really impactful players that are pitchers. Uh, maybe I'll have to look at this more to really decide if that's true, but certainly closers occasionally crop up and Bard Robertson and Helsley did. And then there's some starters that weren't really highly regarded. Um I don't know. What do you think about that that theory from out of the, the, the blue sky I just picked up? I definitely think that because of the run environment and because of the baseball or the humidors, whatever uh-huh. um, was affecting everything, that, yeah, a lot of impactful pitchers came through this year. Um, Bard and Daniel Rob- and David Robertson, you know, they, I think that, you know, um, good late round guys that were right. just taking the stab on ended up you know rolling with the job for most of the season but yeah i think it just i think even a lot of the guys the uh, a lot of the players that stream hitters often you know and maximize plate appearances i think they were even surprised i was even surprised that that was trying to do it how hard it was this year in doing that it's um there was more platoons um you know uh, yeah, DH created hitting, like more was like in April and May also. Yeah, 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 and it was just I don't know it wasn't as easy to stream power as it was uh, last year, um, where I felt like there was a couple good options every week um, that you could throw on the bid list, and this year yeah, it just agree, felt like it was Jack Sawinski or nothing. And then you know <laughs> later on in the season, now that I'm thinking about it, there, you know th- these these rookie call ups sort of were regularly spaced throughout the sort of second half of the season. And so maybe I'm not sure whether that would really hold for next year because, you know, we had guys like 
Vinny Pascantino and Corbin Carroll and Gunnar Henderson and uh, other players that came up and they were largely hitters. And I'm not sure whether that's really something that you could say, well, this is going to be the way it is next two or three years. Yeah. I just think like a, a, a lot of the guys that um, I relied on, even in draft champions, I think I might have to take a, a bigger look at this because a lot of the, the older type outfielders or anything, um, I felt like they kind of weren't locked into as much PT as uh, right, I had anticipated. Right, right. And I think, yeah, maybe, you know, with the different rules, um, teams getting a little more aggressive with their younger guys, wanting to see what they have, um, that, you know, maybe that kind of shifts a little bit. But that could be just uh, speculating to be this crop of players this year was yeah, really good at pushing. particular to to this year. I'm, uh, I'm probably yeah. jumping way to conclusions. But anyway, no, no, I think that I think it's a, I think it's great and, you know, a great thing that you've noticed um and uh, i mean i kind of noticed it too but i think that it, it's good to be aware of these things whether or not it's the case that's what we have to dive into in the off season right. you know well one thing i think that is true that is, is is easy to say is that when they're let's say you're playing in a main event and there is a player that is rostered by 50 or 60 or 70 percent but is available in your league. I think that's an opportunity to look at him more carefully and say, okay, did I kind of miss something in my draft prep that maybe I should look at more clearly? Because Kyle Wright was drafted in 26 of 47. So in the leagues, he was not drafted. Um, you could have seen him towards, towards the top of your uh, free agent list and say, okay, wait a minute. He's being drafted across the board in, in most cases. Maybe I missed something and maybe he's worth uh, considering. Um, same thing for, I don't know, Nick Lodolo was drafted in 44 leagues, Stephen Kwan in 31, uh, Daniel Bard in 25. Maybe I, that's an opportunity to say, okay, I know I like my 30 players I just drafted, but maybe take a closer look at these, I don't know, three or four guys that most everybody else is in, in, invested in. Yeah, that's a good point. Good point. I think that um, and I think we, I think we were talking about this when Phil popped on for a little bit. It was just um, really trying to hone in on the dollar value for a player you really like, yeah. Yeah. and um, if you want to add the guy in every single league, you know, uh, mm -hmm. lower it lower your bids and you're still okay if you get them in two or three or four leagues right. of every single six and spending more. I think that's what Phil was saying yeah, with the Pascantino. I agree with you know, him. Bids. Yes, and I agree. I, I totally, yeah, I totally agree with that. Yeah, and, you don't um, need to spend 200, even if he's a really good player, 200 and then you'd get him in all your leagues. Like I had 10 at NFPC. If I spent 200 in Fab and got a really good player, that's not going to help me. But if I spent... 75 and got him in five of them that really does help me because i've saved the money and then i do get him in those five leagues um so i, I agree with that it's sometimes hard to think clearly when you really want a player but um anyway uh i just think it's interesting to look at these these free agents and uh they do help swing something you got to be a good drafter but you got to 
pick some good players up on free agency, as Bob Cremitola showed us. Yes, definitely. You have to either either if it's the season long guy or or um, you know consistently hitting on you know weekly streamers or two star pitchers. Um, but even you know toward the end of the year, the two star pitchers were just gross. Yeah. Thank God I didn't like really need to rely rely on them. But sometimes when um, you know yeah. I had a, I had the opportunity to add some two star pitching uh, for the week, I was like, man, this is which is brutal. What, which is why those maybe that why those two those pickups were were so valuable, you know, even more yeah. on top of the fact that Spencer Strider just struck out the whole league. It it, it was, <laughs> you know, he he it was just yeah those, he got you the out arms of the, uh, was just so he got yeah you, got you a slot of a starting pitcher where you didn't have one before and you you weren't trying to you know fit in an, a free agent ad every week or something. Yep. So yeah, that's a, it's, it's a double benefit when you do that. Um, yep. But um, you can't always tell uh, who's going to pan out, but I, I just say that that was the history of what happened. And, you know, uh, hopefully uh, you and I can figure out who the next Spencer Strider is because he's going to be like a second rounder. I mean, it's not <laughs> all these guys are not secrets after this year. You have to find the new guy. Um, 100%. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, yeah, that's the goal. That's the goal is to find that. Well, right. You got to find the, even if you get like a guy, and did Phil say this when he was on with us? Even if you get a guy that's just a, a solid ad, not like, you know, Christian Walker or, or Spencer Strider, just a solid ad that really helps you for the first three or four weeks he's on your roster. That's really a win. It may not seem like, oh, this was tremendous, but you know, if he hits a good average and 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 gets some counting stats and or or, or starting pitcher gets a couple of wins, that's a real plus. Yep, I think I think I have to do a better job too of using more of the back end of the draft to take shots um, uh-huh. and just realize that I'm turning over so much anyway. So why not? just be even a little more aggressive and, 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 and just going for a player who has a chance to, you know, latch on to spring and, you know, make a splash and be a difference maker, you know? Um, Like we're always looking for like, Hey, you know, maybe we can, uh, we'll add this, this team or this guy, he's got a good first two weeks as a starter. And then, uh, you know, I could drop him, but Maybe the logic, you know, maybe the better thinking is, you know, which guy can make a difference if I add and he keeps the job and he really, right, you know, explodes, you know. Now, the, the, the two-edged sword with that, Rob, is that um, if you add a guy and you're not going to know if he's really going to pan out for several weeks, the key is, are you going to drop him for the next hot thing or are you going to hold on? And that's where, you know, you can make a mistake because – Kyle Wright is available first week or something like him. And then uh, you're holding on to, I don't know, even a good guy, Ryan Helsley, who, who wasn't great early, but he was very helpful later. Right. I mean, so it's not that easy to just say, well, I took a shot on Ryan Helsley. So I did the right thing. Well, yeah. But if you dropped him after three or four weeks and you picked up uh, a starting pitcher, that was no good. It really, that shot didn't help you. Mm-hmm. 
makes so sense. It's, it's two sides of the coin is all I'm saying. It's not, it's, it's, it's taking the shot and it's also either believing it or seeing something that says, okay, I don't believe this anymore. I'm just going to cut my losses. Um, yes. Yep. You know? Yep. And so, not just relying on your, your, the reason why you made that draft pick and saying, yes. you know, and, and wanting that to come true because yes. we don't do, do that. that at all. You know, Todd. No. <laughs> yeah sometimes we get enamored with our pick and we, we think it's great yes. and we hold on oh and absolutely other times other times you can make a mistake you know you say oh i'm gonna drop this guy in the first week he's not in the in the rotation or whatever you know so I, I i don't think there's any one answer you have to i think one thing that you do very well rob is that you you do your draft prep and you know which guys you sort of like and i think it is important to generally believe in the guys that you're drafting and to say, okay, look, this guy is available that I couldn't get, but I still always believed in him. That's a good pickup as opposed to this other guy. I never believed in any way just because uh, he's being picked up largely across the board. Doesn't mean I have to jump too. Um, so, you know, I think that you're very good at your draft prep and you'll uh, generally be able to figure that out. Yeah. It's definitely uh it's definitely funny games on mine playing us because you know we 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 obviously want to be right. So yeah. you know, like you said, like no, this fab pickup, like he's not gonna be better than this guy drafted who no. will no, be no a way. stud. Yeah, no exactly. Way. My guys no. are the best. My guys, My guys are the best. <laughs> yep, yep. Oh man, what a disaster. Oh goodness, goodness. Yep, yep. All right. So I, I thought we could uh, if you want, you want to indulge me. Uh, we could talk about briefly about the the MLB playoffs mm. just and decide who we think is going to move on or win or whatever whatever however you want to take it um we're both invested in our own teams uh, you with the Mets and me with the Yankees so we're obviously biased to some extent but we can still say what we think is going to happen um so I, i'm happy to go first or you you're welcome to uh uh, weigh in whatever you'd like you want to just talk about the divisional round um yeah let's just go series by series and then we'll, okay. we'll kind of see like who we think will advance and okay um yeah all right all right so the first series let's just pick out the um mariners against the blue jays uh three games in toronto uh, my son is uh rooting hard for the mariners to move on um both in a way, they're both Canadian teams because I don't know if you know this, but in Seattle, whenever uh, the the Blue Jays come to town, they always get huge throngs of people coming from British Columbia, and uh, a lot of Canadians follow the Mariners as well from the western part of Canada. But anyway, um, I would say I still expect the Blue Jays to win, not just because they're at home, but I just feel like they're a more solid team. They have more of a more hitting, and I don't think the pitching for the Blue Jays is uh, that much weaker than the Mariners. That I would expect um, uh, Seattle to be able to win. I, I would. I'm rooting for Seattle to do it, but I think Toronto will probably win this uh, series. I will have to go with Toronto uh -huh. as well. Um, I know that you know not really huge substantial players or some might think this but like you know jesse winker being out i think hurts them 
um, right. as well as losing um, Haggerty. As well as losing Haggerty, because he, I think he's just a really good all-around player defensively yeah, as well. Yeah. So, and then on top of that, you know, J. Rod being hurt. So, you know, I still think he's playing a little hurt. So, they have to rely on Kellenic, who I know everyone got excited about again. You know, <laughs> he hit a couple of homers. Everyone went crazy. He was four for his last thirty-four with eleven strikeouts. So. Everyone can write articles. I see all these articles. Oh, Jared Kelnick's swing changed. His approach changed. His vertical bat angle got better. Okay, sure. You know, I would love to believe it, you know, but uh, like two good games is not going to sway no. my opinion. No, I don't um, think so. so it's hard. You know, I just, they have a lot to overcome, I think, offensively, but they're, you know, their starting pitching is really good and their bullpen is really good too. So if they can somehow. Right. They not somehow steal, too, they steal that game one or something. Yeah. Yeah. Cause that pitching can really keep the blue Jays respectable because it's really good. The staff is really good. Um, well, Luis Castillo, if he could win game one, I think that would really obviously help them a great deal. And, and uh, then, then they just need to win one of the next two, but. I, I would say I rate the, the Jays as a better lineup and uh, the pitching is not that much worse. So I would I would pick the Jays, um, to be honest. Yeah, I'll go with the Jays as well. Um, okay. I just think that, oh man, game, see, this is it's like game three, you know, if it gets to a game three, you're yeah. looking at Jose Barrios. To me. Yeah, that would be, that would be my, a little dicey. I would want to start stripling. I, I don't know. I didn't see the 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 the, the um, pitching problem. So Stripling is not even in the first three. No, it's Manoa, Gausman, and um, then Barrios. And then Barrios. Um, but yeah, Stripling is was good. I mean, I yeah. think they 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 bring him in. Uh, I think but, it's I mean, yeah, that's going to be a quick hook for Barrios. But to, some part of me just <laughs> thinks it'd be better if it was. You know, uh, stripling starting. You know. Yeah, yeah, I think he's more reliable. I mean, Barrios can have a great game, but he also can have a stinker. But yep. Um, all right. Well, that's uh, we're we're basically aligned on that. I don't think it's a walkover for the Jays, but I think they probably have the edge. Yep. Um, so then the second American League series is the Guardians um, against uh, the Tampa Bay Rays, and here I I strongly favor the Guardians. I believe they're a very tough team that I'm not looking forward to having the Yankees play, to be honest with you. They have a great uh, pitching staff. Their, their, their bullpen is really outstanding. And they were very good in the second half. I mean, maybe the hitting isn't at the best in the Major League Baseball, but uh, they certainly are not, not slouches as hitters either. So I would say this one to me is the most obvious pick. Uh, maybe you can laugh at me, but um, that's the way I see it. No, I like it. I mean, and it seems to be seems to be that Cleveland is everyone's new like secret darling in a way. You know, yeah. Uh, I yeah. feel like everyone now is like, <laughs> uh, you know, these these guys they don't spend money and blah blah blah, and it sounds like, oh, what a perfectly crafted team. <laughs> <laughs> um I don't know about yeah. that, but yeah. No, I like I like I like a lot of a lot of what they have. Um 
I'm going to go with the Rays here, though. Okay. I, okay. I think that they're going to get a stellar game from McClanahan in game one, and I think he'll okay. pitch. I think him and Bieber will pitch just about the same. Okay. Um, But I think what we're going to see in game two is we're going to see from Tyler Glass now exactly why everyone's going to be drooling for him next year. Well, and I think he's going to come out firing. And I think whatever he gives them, four innings, if you can give them five, um, I won't – I don't – I feel like if they could steal game one um, and they can come in game two with Glasnow doing four or five great innings, right? They have the ability to throw in Rasmussen and Springs and right. kind of just get, you know, like just move on and, and just get that series over with. Uh, they'll have Kluber, I guess, waiting for game three, unless they want to throw Vass or Springs instead of Kluber. But I think that their ability to come in mid-game, I think, as mm-hmm. being ex-relievers, they start to have that mentality. I think it's the wild card, and I think. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to go Tampa Bay here. Okay. I, McClanahan's been a little rocky the last few starts after his coming back, so I'm, yep. I'm not as not as convinced he's going to be the same pitcher right now. I still think he's great uh, talent, but all right. So that's good. We disagree on that. All right. So let's go to your Mets Mets against the Padres. I think I know which way you're going to pick. Um, And I actually, I'm going to pick the Mets as well um, because I just think they got the better starting pitchers. And I think, you know, their hitting is actually better across the board than the Padres um, Soto has not been really himself. W- what the reason is, I'm not sure, but um, I, be- I believe they they have the edges across the board. I don't think they'll have huge amounts of trouble with the Padres. You with me, or you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I, okay. I, I I think um, yeah, I think okay. I think the Mets are gonna win. Yeah, I I just um, yeah, I, I'm. Obviously, Darvish, now they're just really good pitchers. They're um, good, uh, but, you know, I, I think the Mets, Mets have, look at the Mets uh, starters, Scherzer, DeGrom, Bassett. I mean, I I think that's even better. Yep. So, okay. Yeah. So th- we're in the same place there. All right, and then the last opening series would be the Phillies um, against the Cardinals. And the Phillies are going with Wheeler, Nola, and Suarez. The Cardinals have Quintana, Michaelis, Michaelis? and Jordan Montgomery. Um, I just think this is the a prime for an upset by the Phillies. Uh, I think they got the, the first two starters uh, will get them at least to one and one, if not win the series outright. Uh, Cardinals have been good, uh, but they're, they're outstanding hitting, hitting against left-handed pitching and Wheeler and Nola obviously are not. Uh, maybe they have an edge if they can get to Suarez in the third game. But um, I w- I don't not impressed with the Cardinals pitching staff, um, and uh, I, I just think the Phillies have what it takes. Even the hitting for Philadelphia, I think, is in good shape to take advantage of the Cardinals. So I would go with them in an upset. What do you, What do you think about that idea? Um, yeah, I like that. I like it. It's tough. Is one I, I think this is the toughest. Uh... Toughest one to pick? Toughest matchup for me. Okay. Um, I think the whole season I probably would have said Cardinals right off the bat. Yeah, um, sure. But like you said, 
you know, Wheeler Nola, formidable, good. very, very formidable. Um, you know, one, two right there. Um, the Phillies on the season, you know, that they might face two lefties in this best of three on the season. They have uh, six best WRC plus first lefties. Okay. Um, but in the last 30 days, it's gone down dramatically uh-huh. to, um, let's see, 18th best at 100. So it's a league average. Um, yeah, I, it, it's probably not a, it's probably not um, what we expect from the Cardinals, I guess, coming out of Quintana, Michaelis, Montgomery. Um, they've yeah. been great all year, so I'm not gonna knock that, but it just doesn't no. seem like a, a staff that gets rolled out in um a best of three series. Um but you know, they've they've done well all year. And um uh-huh. it'd be interesting. It'd be interesting to see um how how I mean, the, the Cardinals have def- excellent excellent defense, uh, so that should help them. They are at home. Um yeah. I don't expect them to like roll over or anything, but uh I do think this is a, if you're looking for an upset, this is a good one to pick. I mean, you like the Rays, but this is the one that I'm kind of leaning towards. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, the Cardinals, Cardinals are good at home. Cardinals have they the, are. the fourth are. best WRC plus for home, for home teams. So, um, gonna be tough, but I'm gonna go, I'm going Cardinals. You go Cardinals. Okay. I'm gonna go Cardinals. I'm gonna go Cardinals. I think that yeah. It would be better, I think, if the Braves played the Phillies in the second round. That'd be kind of cool. Watch the you know, if the Mets can get involved too, it could be three NL East teams. Um uh-huh. but I'm gonna go Cardinals here. And uh um, Okay. Well yeah. the the Phillies, if they won, they would play the Mets, right? Yeah. No, the Phillies are playing the Braves. If they win, the Phillies are the six seed and they yeah. play the three seed, and the Mets are the two seed, right? Mets are the four. Uh, the seed. Mets are the four. Sorry, sorry, I'm, I'm confused. Yeah. So, so yeah. So the Mets, the Mets as the four. If they win, or right, let's go through your. You want to go continue and go through the rest of the, the yeah. national. All right, yep. So for your carrying your thing forward, the Cardinals win and the Mets win, right? So, yep. so the Mets would play the Phillies, right? No, the Mets are playing the Dodgers. Mets are playing the Dodgers, sorry. Mets play the Dodgers, all right? So let's go yep. through that first. I'll go Mets there. Um, what I don't like about the second round is best out of five. Right. I, we I discussed just, that before. We discussed that. Yeah, come on. Just grow up. Play seven. I think. Um, uh, and yeah. I'll go Braves over Phillies. And I'll leave it as Mets over Braves. Well, we're Braves over Cardinals because we're going by the way. Uh, I mean Cardinals. Have. Yeah, sorry. I forgot to pick the Cardinals. But Braves over Cardinals and then Mets over the over Braves. the Braves. Hated Braves. Okay. Game seven. Wow. I got you. So in my scenario, the Mets also play the Dodgers. And I'm going to pick the Dodgers. I know you'll dislike that. but um, And then the Braves uh, would play the Phillies. And I'll take the Braves to beat the Phillies. And then the, in the Braves-Dodgers uh, final, I'll take the Braves in an upset. What the hell? We'll see. But that's, that's where I'm going. All right. And then the American League, 
Um, we have uh, your scenario was the Rays, right? You have the Rays, mm -hmm. and then uh, you pick the the Blue Jays. So that would mean that the Rays as the sixth seed would play the Yankees. Yes, and I'm going Rays over the Yanks. Rays over the Yanks, okay. Houston and over the over Houston the Blue over Jays. the Blue Jays, and then Houston yeah. play the Rays. Yeah, and then Houston. Houston to win, go to the World Series. So I'm yeah. going to pick. Uh, as I told you, I'm very worried about the Guardians. Mm. I'm going to pick the Guardians to beat the Yankees, my own team. Wow, yeah, Todd, just, what are you doing? I know, I know. I'm trying to be uh, logical. Yeah, you're not <laughs> good. Good. <laughs> I'm trying to be logical. I'm trying to trying to not just vote with my heart. Uh, I'll be rooting for the Yankees, of course. I'll be going crazy. Um, but then uh, I have the Blue Jays uh, to play the Astros, like you do, and Astros to win. And then the Astros to beat Cleveland. And so I have Astros Braves and you have Mets Astros. So we both have the Astros in the World Series and you have them playing the Mets and I have playing the Braves. So are you going to take the Mets to beat the uh, hated Astros? They're not the hated. I mean, I don't hate them. <laughs> I don't hate them. But yeah, I'm going to pick, <laughs> I'm going to take the Mets over the Astros. Mets over the Astros. Um, Okay, okay. you know but i feel like the astros are just they're, they're the best really team to beat. yeah they, to i beat. think they're the best team out there i yeah. think they're tough to beat on a on a you know just okay. on on every single level um well that's why i hate them <laughs> anyway i'm gonna go with the astros also to beat the braves but uh, i just think they're the, they're the team to beat i just feel like it even more than the dodgers i just feel like they're they're more uh, solid top to bottom, the pitching, the, the hitting, defense, uh, you know. Uh, so I like anyway, I, I just think we're, we're aligned, which maybe means it's not going to happen as either one of us says. I don't know. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's a fun exercise to go through. So uh, I don't know if that helps anybody, but um, this is uh, people can laugh at us uh, in a week or so. Um Okay, well that's good for 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 no money, Rob. This is our solid predictions. I like it. I like it, Todd. All right. Well, it was a good season of going over all this with you. Yeah. Um, thank you. Great job as always. I think you got a nice, great little following. Um, people enjoy reading this and tuning in. You know, I think the reason why you started the article is you know still. Great, great idea. I think it. I think getting a lot, you know, more people really in tune to right. everyone involved, the players involved. You know how how often some of these players are 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 winning leagues and you know coming in top three. It's pretty fascinating. It just gives a really good uh good exposure to everyone who's you know who's doing work. Well, thank you, Rob. I, I, I do think I was trying to do an article that wasn't the same as everybody else where they were saying, this is the guy to pick up or this, let me do this analysis on this first baseman. You know, there's a lot of people that do that. So there's not too many people that follow. I don't know of anyone else that does follows a contest and gives information about the leading player. So um, I enjoyed doing it. It's a lot. There's a lot of great guys, a great community. And uh, I'm looking forward to next year. Hopefully, I can do better. Hopefully you do better too. I hope uh, uh, we, we see each other in Las Vegas. And, uh, you know, as I said, I said once before, I said, hey, Rob, well, let's go to Las Vegas. Maybe we'll have fun. You said, maybe we'll have fun. 
<laughs> maybe yeah. we'll have fun we should have fun yes uh, hopefully it's great it's a great time for anybody that can go um, yeah i think it'll be fun to do like uh you know to really um film it in some way you know <laughs> well you know we should do if you do go we, we should do a you know little podcast and get like uh, 10 different players to come on you know that we know and just do a 10 minutes each that would be yeah. kind of an enter entertaining uh, podcast if we can get a place where people can hear instead of like in the middle of the draft room or something like that <laughs> yep yep love it um all right todd good job Thank and you, um you know, good luck. Are you, are you doing any? Uh, I don't any think other I'm going to do a postseason. No, I'm not going to do a postseason. No, uh, okay. other sports. I, I do. I have two football teams. I'll sort of uh, plot along with those. But no, I think I'll take a break. Maybe try to do some player analysis, as we said, uh, starting in the fall. Um, and then I'll I'll uh, hit you up for some tips on draft champions. Maybe I'll do one of those. Mm, nice, nice, nice. Oh man, I didn't really uh, do so well this year in them. So well, gotta okay. gotta go too. back to the drawing board on that. But uh, <laughs> all my early all my early drafts were really good. So my later drafts, I don't know, uh, went a little haywire. So gonna have to revisit that. Okay, okay. But uh, all right, Todd. Thank good you. Good luck sir. to the Yankees. Hope they uh, you know that they gotta win a series at least. You know, just to, it'll be complete bust. Good, good. Thanks for saying that. <laughs> I'll be, I'll be worried from the first pitch. <laughs> you know, a lot of Yankee fans are, but you know they should, they should be able to get past one, one series. They have to. Okay. They have to. I, I'm, I like your confidence. Like yeah, your confidence. yeah, yeah, yeah. Cole, Cole's gotta, you know, act like the ace. And who, who starts game two? Uh, Lucev. So it's like Cortez. I, I don't think they have oh, anyone Cortez. down now, but if I, I would, if it was me. I'd, I'd throw Cortez out there. Okay. And then maybe Severino in game three. Okay. I like it. I like it. Cool. All right, All right, All right Todd. You, you have a good one. Uh, good work. Stay in touch, and we'll uh, we'll get back after it. Two. Cheers. Okay. Bye-bye. All righty, folks. Thanks for tuning in to the latest episode of the Poe Hitter Podcast. Thank you for everyone for joining and listening during the season. Really appreciate you all. And I hope you all stay with me during the offseason because we'll uh, recap what just happened. We'll try to predict what's going to happen next. All that fun stuff. Um, I'm going to keep the info coming, keep the content coming. And um, yeah, hope we uh, come up with some cool things that maybe aren't being discussed. Who knows? We'll figure it out. We'll work it out. Anybody got any uh, ideas or recommendations, definitely throw them my way. You know where to find me. Um, yep. Be well. Stay safe. Don't be a bag of shit.